This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lolo Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, we will be throwing it back to Princess Hours, or as I like to call it, Gong. And I am really excited to talk about this one because this one was a, a different experience than my rewatch of what happened in Bali for last week's episode. So this is this is going to be interesting to talk about. But I am going to do a similar setup with talking about this drama where I give you some production notes, things about who was behind the making of this drama, go into the cast and a quick synopsis of the plot, and then go into my initial thoughts while watching the drama, my midpoint thoughts while watching this drama, and then my final thoughts, of course, while wrapping up the drama. So let's get into it. So first, let's talk about who directed this drama, Gong. Um, And I'm going to be probably calling it Princess Hours and Gong interchangeably because I think it is interchangeable to to call both of those names. So forgive me, but I will be calling them both, I'm sure, throughout this episode. But um, the director is Wang In-ro, and he directed Mischievous Kiss as well as Late Night Restaurant, which I believe was like the latest thing that he did from 2015. So he hasn't been doing anything since. And then we also had another director. There was two directors on this and we had Kim Do-hyung and he also worked on Mischievous Kiss with um, Huang In-ro. And then he also did, um, has gone on to continue directing um, things like 12 Years Promise, 18 Again, which I know a lot of you probably are familiar with. And he also directed Was It Love with Song Ji-ho. And that was um, from 2020. And then we have for our writer, this is based um, off of a manhwa. And the manhwa writer was Park So-hee. And the original run for the, the manhwa was I believe 2002 to two um, sorry to 2012 and but the actual writer for the drama was in a and she went on to do um, matchmakers lover which is actually a drama that I really enjoy uh, very uh, you know oldie but not many people I think have watched that one should I do that one <laughs> but that one I actually really like and then she also did Marry Me Mary which was also based off of a manhwa so it seems like that's kind of her wheelhouse but she hasn't done much since to be honest and then this drama was released in January of 2006 I did watch it in 2007. It was one of the first dramas I watched around the same time as What Happened to Bali and some other things that we may or may not get into with this season. But obviously I did 
watch this one because of Yoon Eun Hae, who is the lead in Coffee Print. So um, that's my little tidbit about when I actually watched this drama. And I want to say that this drama was huge in 2006. I mean, I didn't know of this, obviously, in 2006, but got to know about it. Um, and another thing to note is that I think it's one of the dramas in that kind of early 2000 phase that really um, people contribute to pushing the how you wave even further. I mean, it had already been moving, but I think they... Uh, they attribute a big push um, around 2006 to Gong or Princess Hour. So just a little tidbit. And I think the peak rating um, for this drama was like 28.3%. So very, very, very popular at its original run. Now, I've already mentioned some of the, the cast and just kind of talking about the production. So let me just go ahead and get into our four main leads who make up our main cast of Princess Hours. So of course, got to bring up our main lead, Yoon Eun Hae, who is from Coffee Friends and was my one of my first actresses that introduced me into K-Drama Land. So she is very near and dear to my heart. So much so that I have watched almost everything she's ever been in. That's including movies as well. I mean, everything. Of course, nothing that she has done has done it for me like Coffee Prince. Um, I mean, I think her in the drama I Miss You was an amazing performance, but the drama itself was pretty, was a little rough. Um, but I miss her acting because she had a really rough run after Coffee Prince, just in the, you know, entertainment industry as a whole. So her acting kind of has like hit its max. Like we hit our, she hit our wall like around 2018 and we haven't really seen her acting much since. She has been in some, you know, K variety shows, super adorable there, but she's had a really rough run, bad management, company controversies here and there. So it's just, you know, it didn't surprise me when, it didn't surprise me when she took some time away and she hasn't been really, you know, actually that's a lie. The other things that may have contributed to her not, you know, wanting to continue acting is a lot of her things that she's been in, dramas and such have been flops, like actual flops. Like if you want to look up a, a filmography where you're like, whoa, none of these dramas were good, it, it would be her, unfortunately. And that's just, and I'm saying that as someone who watched them all. <laughs> I supported her every chance I could get and it just was never enough. And to be honest, a lot of the dramas were flops. So that could be another reason, but it could also be tied to her reputation in the industry. So she just wasn't getting these, these kind of breakout amazing roles and her management was really bad at one point. So things that she could have gotten, she didn't get. So very rough run. So the fact that she doesn't act anymore breaks my heart. I miss her acting so much, so, so, so much, but I understand it. I completely understand it. Um, moving on to our main male lead in this drama, also plagued with controversies. Um, Ju Ji Hoon, I actually was a huge fan of his back in the day. Um, 
I like I liked a lot of his movies. Some of my faves would be Antique, um, The Naked Kitchen with Shin Mina. Yeah, good one. Um, Confession. Um, yeah, so I watched a lot of his, his movies. Um, and as far as dramas go, he was really good in The Devil, um, Mask, Hyena. Um, I liked him in Five Fingers with Wookiee. I didn't really like that drama, but you know, he was good in that. Um, again, plagued with controversy at some point, drug use, all of that, but has been able to make a comeback. I've never watched him in the kingdoms, <laughs> the kingdom dramas, so I can't speak for that, but it looks like he's been moving and he's been moving. He's been picking up roles. He's been starring in things and doing well with them. So he has made an actual comeback after his controversy, but that was Ju Ji Hoon. Um, next, our second male lead in this drama is Kim Jong Hoon. And he has not done much um, as far as acting goes. And I think the, the last thing he did was a family drama in 2016 that I did not watch. So I don't even know what it was about, but I, I love, love, he's been in one of my favorite, favorite dramas. I mean, hands down, I Need Romance, the first one, or I, In Need of Romance, either way. Love that drama. And he was the male, one of the male leads in that drama. So I have very fond memories of him as an actor, but I haven't really seen him much since. I know he was very popular back in the day with like music. I think he's like a singer or he was a singer. He's done really well across Asia. I know like in Japan. So he's been working. He's been making making moves and making money. But as far as like dramas go, I haven't really watched him in much since I Need Romance. <laughs> um, and then rounding out our cast with our um, second female lead is Song Ji Ho. And Running Man. I love her most from Running Man. I'm going to be honest. I love her the most from Running Man. I'm a huge Running Man stan. So I have been following her the minute she joined the cast and loved her on there. I know there's been things with the more recent years about her and Running Man and how she kind of just isn't there anymore as far as like, she doesn't seem to be really up for the gig anymore. And that's completely understandable. It's been going on for 10 plus years. So, hey, give her, you know, give her a break. But she's also an amazing actress. Um, she was, the most recent thing that I watched and enjoyed her in was um, in 2021 with The Witch's Diner, short drama. She did really amazing in that. Um, but my her best, one of her best performances for me was from the movie A Frozen Flower with Zo and Sung from last week's drama. And I mean, she definitely got a reputation after she did that, that drama. I mean, after she did that movie, definitely was known in the industry in a certain kind of way. Even like when they introduced her on Running Man, like that was like one of the the forefronts to like, oh my gosh, we got Sung Ji Ho from A Frozen Flower here, you know? So she had, she has, she had definitely had to kind of like grow from that, I think. Um, and another drama she's been in that was really good, her performance was amazing, was this historical drama called Guy Bake. Um, and I believe she did amazing in that as well. So Sung Ji Ho, love her to pieces. She's an amazing actress. But a lot of her other dramas in the past, I haven't been a huge fan of, I'm going to be honest. So that's just a little tidbit about me and Song Ji Ho. So now that we've rounded out all of our four main leads in the cast, I mean, in the cast in general is huge for um, Princess Hours. There's a lot of, you know, kind of 
you know, older actors in the game that are in this drama and of course are great and legends. So not to say that I didn't want to mention them, but they, they're there. I just didn't think I had time to go through all of them. So now let's go to the actual synopsis of this drama that I have of course pulled from somewhere online. <laughs> so here we have Che Kyung, played by Yoon Eun Hae, is an ordinary art high school student. One day she hears totally unexpected news that based on her grandfather's will, she must marry the unemotional crown prince Yi Shin, played by Ju Ji Hoon, who attends the same high school. Free-spirited Che Young resists the proposal, but reluctantly marries him to help her debt ridden family. As she struggles to adapt herself to the proper manners and royal duties of palace life and to her disagreeable husband, Yishin's sentimental cousin and second in line to the throne, Yul, played by Kim Jong-hoon, steps into her life as well. She feels like she can rely on Yul to help her, but can't help worrying about her haunty, cold-hearted husband. To bridge the gap, the senior members of the royal family take some special measures to get them to spend a night together. <laughs> Along the way, the story encounters numerous delightful episodes among the cute and lively Che Young, the cold heartthrob Yishin, the handsome down-to-earth Yul, the perfect ballerina Hyorin, played by Song Ji-ho, who just can't get over Yishin, and all the other members of the royal family. And the synopsis back then questioned, Will the crown princess Che Young be up to the challenges of royal life? So that is a good synopsis of this drama. And I think the main point is that this is a modern drama that is talking about a time where there is still a monarchy in Korea. Of course, that's not the case. That is not true. <laughs> but in this tale, this is the case. So that is the other little caveat that they did not mention. Now, as I go into my thoughts on this drama, I will definitely be giving spoilers because again, this is a drama that is beloved and has been well, is well known. You can read episode by episode details, you know, once you look it up online. So I will be spoiling it, but I will not be going in and giving you very specific details on everything that major, you know, happens in the story. But I will be kind of touching on some of the major points with my thoughts surrounding certain parts of the drama. So with my initial thoughts and with this drama, that is 24 episodes. So this was another pretty long <laughs> rewatch, just like with what happened in Bali, where it was 20 episodes. This one was 24. And I, I kind of thought about my initial thoughts being from episodes one to 10, and then my midpoint being that 11 to 20-ish, and then my final just wrapping it up with the 20, you know, to, to end <laughs> of the drama. So with the initial thought, the first thing I was thinking when I started this drama was that this was really the OG manhwa adaptation K-drama. So these days, if you are watching K-drama, nine times out of 10, you are watching a adaptation of a manhwa or a webcomic. And it is just so commonplace. Every other drama is based off of a, a, a webcomic. It just is what it is. And I have opinions on that as I have kind of sprinkled them throughout the last couple seasons of my podcast. And it's been genuinely 
I appreciate it because I like that the story is already there. So to me, it seems like it should be easy for the drama to do what it needs to do to play out and adapt this story that's already there. What I have seen happen, however, is that these these manwas or these web comments are long running. They have been in, you know, um, what's it called? Serial. <laughs> Serial. I don't know. They have been um, kind of being produced even while the drama is being aired, you know, this is a drama, this is a manhwa that's still going on, or it's a very long running manhwa where, you know, it's just years of story in this manhwa. And then you look at the drama adaptation and they say it's eight episodes or they say it's 12 episodes. And I'm always like, Hmm. Are they going to do this story justice? Do they have the time allotted to really tell this webtoon or this webcomic or this manwa's story? And I feel like, hmm, you know, that's not always the case. It just isn't. It just isn't. I feel like a lot of times it's kind of like a touch of the surface of the actual original story. And to me, that's usually a detriment to the K-drama itself. Like, I feel like I would have enjoyed it more had they gave it a little bit more space and time. Now, looking at a drama like Princess Hours, which is 24 episodes, I mean, hour-long episodes, guys, not one was under, you know, 58 minutes. Everything was at least 58 minutes. Um, Every episode, at least, was 58 minutes. And it was telling a a story that wasn't even complete when this, you know, drama came out, the manual was still going, but it had couple years, man, on this, on this manual before they adapted it to the drama. And to me, I started watching this thinking, oh my goodness, now this is going to be the example of this is how you do an adaptation. You give them 24 episodes and you give the story time. You give the story time. And then you look at the opening episodes of Princess Hours and the pacing of the episodes. I mean, we get straight into it. It's first episode when she's getting this kind of, you know, we meet the prince and she interacts with the prince. And by the second episode, she's getting married to him. You know, like she's, it's it's moving. The news is broken to her that, hey, you have to marry the prince. And she's like, are you kidding me? She gets a little bit of time to kind of go back and forth about it and then episode three she is ready she is dressed she is being married off and so I was like okay this is moving this story is like 24 episodes we have all this time and the story has already jumped into it and it is a setup of a story that is perfect for me it's a fish out of water where you have this normal everyday high school girl getting plucked from her normal life and placed into a palace setting where she is has to completely adjust. Um, and then you have the kind of, you know, Sundari cold, you know, cold hearted, <laughs> you know, standoffish male lead. And then you kind of have to watch her melt him and kind of break him down. And, and then, you know, this wonderful love story ensues. Now, I'm saying all of this because I'm like, let me set that up for you. Let me set that scene up for you. It has a perfect setup where you have the Cinderella story and you have the Sundari male lead who's, you know, good, easy on the eyes. And you have a story that gets started immediately. They jump into the action and the happening of the story. And you know, you have time to get 
comfortable with these characters because it's 24 episodes. And and that's all well and good, right? That's all well and good. But I'm going to get to where my actual issue with that comes in. So with that being the opening episodes, the focus really becomes setting up the the stage that this princess that is walking into, which is this palace. And so we get to meet the, the elders of the royal family, the queen mother, the king, and the queen, we get to meet, obviously, our crown prince. But then we also get to meet um, his cousin, who is a royal prince that has been basically told, of course, that he cannot live in the palace. So he and his mother, after his father, who was king at once, dies, he gets shipped off with his mother, you know, out of Korea, and he has to live outside of the palace. But there has been news that the king, who is Crown Prince Yishun's father, isn't doing well. His health isn't doing the best. And so they are seeing that it may be a need to kind of bolster their Crown Prince Yishun. They're like, we got to get him positioned because who knows what's going on with the king. So that's what expedites him and getting married. And the, the whole setup with the fact that he has to marry this random girl that happens to go to his school is because his his grandfather the former one of the former kings was best friends with someone and this this man whoever his granddaughter is he promised she will be princess like they have to marry and it it was like i don't i was like okay this was the setup for the story it's <laughs> like okay i guess so that always was a little that was yeah, i didn't i didn't like that as much this time around i'll just say that but you know either way that's why when we jump into the story she's immediately marrying him because the king isn't doing well and they got to bolster him and his position so that he can you know eventually you know, take over the king's position. So that is what they focus on in the beginning. We get to really, you know, see these characters. And for me, that had me questioning, as I like to do, what about these characters? Like, are they interesting? And was I even invested in them? And they gave you a lot, right? They really do. Um, so you have a lot of time to grow with these characters and really find out about them and really enjoy them and really like them. So I always like that. But were they interesting is the question. Were they actually interesting? So um, with this little, you know, introduction to the crown prince, Chang Young, as well as the royal prince, Yul, who is the prince's cousin, you start to see this little little sprinkling of a love triangle form. But there isn't any actual love in this scenario because the king, because the prince and Young don't know each other. They're like practically strangers. And then when Yul comes into the picture, he kind of like, you know, it's gravitated to her just, you know, naturally because they're in the same like art program or in, in school. And so they just are in classes together. And so he takes a little liking to her and she does take a liking to him in that she kind of shows him around, gets him acclimated. He's a new kid in the school because he just came from, you know, the UK. So it's like really nice that she kind of takes him underneath her wing. But she's also doing this, which I thought was cute, while she's being kind of like told on how 
the, the palace is working. She's taking, you know, she's learning the ropes at the palace while she's teaching this other kid the ropes at school. So I thought that was pretty cute. But then there is another character and it turns into not a love triangle, but a, a love square scenario with Hyodrin, played by Song Ji Ho. She is been a huge staple in the crown prince's life and that they have been kind of like dating secretly for about some years like two years you know but they are you know definitely friends for they were friends first they they are friends and that's how they present themselves to everyone else but what happens is that before he gets told that he has to marry Young, he proposes to Hyodren. And Chae Young at school gets to see this. Like she's like runs into them and she's like, you know, like, oh, what are they talking about? And she ends up overhearing the prince proposing to Hyodren. And he basically is asking her, hey, I have to get married soon. And I don't want to just marry some stranger. Like, can we, it'd be great if I can just like marry my best friend. Like, can you just like marry me? And she immediately, a very focused and talented ballerina, Hyorin she is, decides, absolutely not. I have a huge career that I am trying to, you know, develop. I don't really, I, I can't see myself in the palace, like being a crown prince. And so she basically flats out, you know, she basically rejects his proposal. And he's heartbroken by this, obviously. And what kind of breaks the moment, though, is that they both see that Che Young is actually listening in on this conversation. And that's one of his other kind of early interactions with Che Young is like, she's the girl that knows that I got rejected. The crown prince got rejected. So there are some tensions there because of that. So that is kind of the... the early episodes. They set up our characters while they're at school. We get to see them at school interacting. Um, Che Young has the best friends. Like she has these three girls that are her best friends and they're like some of the best parts of the story, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> and then you get to see Hyodrin and her relationship with the crown prince. But then you also get to meet Yol, who becomes a new student in the school and starts to form a friendship with Che Young. So that is all in those early episodes. And the other thing that we get to see once she is officially, you know, married to the prince and enters into the palace is her interactions um, with the crown prince, obviously. And I knew this, like I watched this drama. I watched this years ago, but I watched it. So I, how do I say this? I always in my head had pictured them, this being a really like, oh, I love their romance kind of drama. I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't think it was my favorite drama ever by any means, but I remember really thinking I love the couple. I love the crown prince um, and Che Young. I really, really remembered that. And so when I started watching the early episodes, I was like, hmm, <laughs> what do I like about them? Because Honestly, they got off to a really rocky start. Obviously, it's kind of like enemies, like strangers to, to enemies to lovers kind of thing. But like when they interact, it is just like he gives her nothing. Like Che Young is super adorable, super like outgoing and quirky, you know, that K-drama female lead character. Um, but she's also, you know, she's she's not, um, she's silly, but she isn't like... Um, 
she isn't the the girl that everybody wants to be as well. You know, she's there's something off about her. She wears her like, you know, her her um, gym pants underneath her skirt and she walks around like that. You know, like she's not someone that everyone wants to be kind of thing. Kyoren is in this story. And yet when she is interacting with the prince and the royal family, she is fumbling, of course. She's not able to be as perfect of a crown princess as they may have wanted her to be. The queen has her nose up in the air about her. She's like, oh my gosh, why did it have to be some random girl? Like, this is going to be a torturous time for her and for us. And we, you know, so we get to see their interactions being this silly, you know, clumsy, quirky girl lonely because she misses her family and her, you know, and she misses being at home with her family. But now she's in this unfamiliar place with this very mean crown prince. Like he is not nice to her, not in even a little bit, right? He's not nice to her. He is constantly giving her nothing. It's like, give her nothing, crown prince. And I don't, I'm like, did I remember it being this bad in the beginning? I mean, there was like little moments sprinkled in where he was like, okay, he's not a horrible person, but he just was never truly nice to her. And everything with him and her interacting had to be a fight. And again, the the way that I remember it was a little differently, but rewatching this, I was like, okay, that's okay because they're showing them as like these like, these these strangers in high school they're these teenagers in high school forced to be together marry and live together they are not guaranteed to be nice and and friendly to each other so i understood that a little bit better this time around but i don't know why i was remembering it differently but anyway and some of the fun part of the early episodes is again this teenage relationship because they don't have they have a marriage without the actual like affection for each other but they start to um what's the word they start to kind of like try to force the two together of course their first night after their marriage they try to like you know force that night obviously they're telling they don't have to do anything because they're you know minors technically so they don't actually you know consummate the marriage or anything but there is this sort of like okay they're you know young you know healthy teenagers who you know you know, hormones are always a, a flying. So there are these like fun moments or these funny moments where Chae Young, she notes that like the prince is handsome. She's like, he's not bad in the eyes. Like I said, the hormones are going. They get, you know, they have to sleep in the same bed at some point when they visit her family's home. And so, you know, they get intimate in this kind of like really like teenage cute way. And I thought those moments were really fun to watch, like how awkward they were around each other when it came to like intimacy and like what that looked like for them. Super cute, super adorable. Like there's this whole episode basically where they sleep together in her like little you know twin bed back at her parents home and this is like a like a couple weeks after she officially had moved into the palace and married and she had been missing her family and she's been she's upset about it and she's been complaining to the prince and he eventually was like you know what I'm gonna do this for her so she can stop crying basically is what he tells her and so he convinces this family to let him spend a week you know at her house with her family and then she is officially like stuck in the palace after that and super sweet so like I said 
there were little moments where they were giving him something. They're like, okay, he's not the the worst person in the world, but he's also just like, he's difficult for no reason. Anyway, so they go to stay at her family's home and they're sleeping in her little childhood bed and it's this whole moment of like are we gonna who's gonna sleep on the floor I'm not sleeping on the floor this is my bed I'm the crown prince why would I sleep on the floor you know this little back and forth and eventually he's like I'll sleep on the bed with you like I don't have any problems with that she's like I don't have any problems either so it's like a battle with you know will right there so they sleep in this little bed together and she has this whole stick where she like is attracted to his back as far as like when he's like you know rolled on his side in the bed and she like curls up behind him she is like all on his back and she loves his back and it's so adorable it's so cute but then there's the whole thing where she like wakes up the next morning or they wake up in the middle of the night and she's like drooled all over his back and he's like grossed out of course so like fun stuff like that happens and then the rest of the episode they have these moments where she it she keeps like gravitating towards his back. Like he's in the kitchen doing something and she like immediately goes up behind him and like wraps her arms around him. And she's like giving him this back hug. And she, he's like, get off of me. (laughs) And she's like, no, please just let me have this for a second. And then they get back to the, the palace and then they're like, you know, talking about their time at her house and they're having this like actual bonding moment. And then he's like being playful with her and talking about how, you know, the, them sleeping in the same bed you know felt some kind of way and he even like calls her out with her like thing with his back and then it turns into I'll let you you know have your feel of my back (laughs) for a minute Um, I'll give you like a couple minutes to have your way with my back. And then <laughs> I know that sounds so weird, but like 2006 K drama, this is what we were doing. This is what we were giving the kids. Okay. And so it's super adorable, super funny. And then the problem is, is that they keep getting interrupted. Like she keeps trying to like rub on his back, but then someone comes in and they're like awkwardly like, oh my gosh, you know, moving from each other. So it's super cute, super fun. And things like that were like, reasons to keep watching like I love those moments um but as far as like the overarching like what was actually going on in the story with the royal family and our Hyoren who was absolutely livid the minute she actually finds out that he marries this random girl from their school. Mind you, she she chose not to marry him right but she also didn't have an option to marry him. He was so only supposed to marry this this girl who was the granddaughter of this grandfather who was the best friend of his grandfather. So he had no really real say in it. But Hyoren and her, you know, being completely distraught by this is a whole thing that's going to continue on to the rest of the story. Um, but then we also have Yul, who is the cousin, who he lives outside of the palace from the beginning of the drama, but he visits all the time to visit his, you know, the queen mother, who's his grandmother and stuff like that. So he's always there and he always gets to like hang out with Young Again, they're in classes together at school. So they have a real genuine friendship that starts to form, um, Chegyol and Yul. And the thing that I liked, again, in the first episodes of this drama was that they actually really established like what friendship really looks like. So when we get to the crown prince and we get to Chae Young, I wasn't sure I was getting friends, right? Like there was this moments where it's like you could tell they 
were getting to know each other and they were kind of growing closer together, but they didn't have an actual friendship. So we get to see Che Young with Yul and we get to see her with her girlfriends at school. I mean, actual friends, right? And then we even get to see the crown prince with his friends. So he has a little crew of guys that he hangs out with. And then he also has children who he genuinely you know, that's his girl, right? That's his girl, that's his best friend kind of thing. So we know what their friendships look like and what they look like as friends. And when you would go back to the scenes with the Crown Prince and Che Young together, you would be like, so what are we going, what are we doing here? Cause it was barely any, you know, like I said, the little moments of like sparks and intimacy that they would throw in. It was really them chalking up to we're just hormonal teenagers kind of thing. And he even says at one point, like, I could sleep with any girl and I don't have to have any feelings, <laughs> have any feelings about them. That's what guys do. And he even says something as like, you know, rude as that. And so that's where I guess my memory was not serving me, where I really thought that I had pegged these two as such a magical, wonderful couple. And it was just like, the forces that be that were keeping them apart. When really, I was just like, they just don't really like each other that much, you know? And even in the first 10 episodes of this drama, you see Chae Young, again, her being the one that she can see herself growing closer enough to him to like him. She can see herself, you know, missing him when he's not there or when he does certain things, she she gets moved by it. You know, like she, we see her having these feelings, but again, our crown prince, he's not giving us anything. And that was 10 episodes in. Okay, that was 10 episodes in. Okay, so I was just like, man, what, where, when am I going to get to the romance? When am I going to get to the romance? So then that leads me into my midpoint thoughts. And my midpoint thoughts being from starting from like episode 11 um, was, man, slow burn was real back in the day. I mean, slow. I was like, okay, we're 10 episodes in. We're on episode 11. There's the romance is not romancing yet. However, you know, I like a good slow burn. I like them to work for it. That's great. That's fun. The problem again is like, I was just like, give me a little sign that this is going to be a romance that I'm going to, you know, see through from the rest of the drama from this point. And I wasn't seeing it because there's this whole moment and the first, like, I mean, I want to say like midpoint of the drama episodes, 11, 12, 13, like there's this whole saga, multiple episodes are taken up with this where Ishan ends up having to go to Thailand for like some kind of like diplomatic reason. And he convinces his, the royal family, his family to allow him to go to Thailand and to leave Young so she can go and meet with um, people that are coming. I think it was like Prince William. Don't ask me. There there was some parts to this story that I was like, Prince William? They kept making references to Princess Diana and Camilla. And it was just like, okay. But anyway, she, <laughs> she meets, you know, she he convinces like she deserves like this chance to like show what she can do. But the person who supports her during this excursion is Yul. So he set that up. But anyway, he goes off to Thailand by himself and guess who meets him in Thailand? Hyorin. Because Hyorin again is not over him. She has not made peace with the fact that he is married, this random girl. And she's just like, this girl does not know him. I know him through and through. That is my boo. I 
know him. That's mine. And so she is not letting this go. She has not been letting this go. So when this, so much so that she had an opportunity to go off, to go to a different school for ballet and she denies it because she's like, no, I need to go back and see about my man who's getting married to some other woman. You know, seriously. So she goes to Thailand and they have this entire like rendezvous together, like running the streets of Thailand. And this is again, multiple episodes and he's the crown prince there for diplomatic reasons. So he runs off on the streets of Thailand, paparazzi are following him. There's articles being written about him back home. Who is he? What is he doing? Where is he? Who is this woman that he's with? And there's this whole thing. And this is exactly what kind of spirals and sets up Yul and his mother, who is, you know, again, they were kicked out at one point. It sets up Yul and his mother to get back into the palace and get positioned again. So, that was like the big chunk of the middle of this drama was he runs off to Thailand, has a rendezvous with Hyo Rin, and he thinks of it as a goodbye trip, like a goodbye time that he spends with her. Like, I'm having this good time with you as, you know, as someone who really, really loved you and cared for you. But guess what? I can't run off with you like this anymore. This is the end. And Hyo Rin takes it as like, this is my man. <laughs> this is mine. So... She feeds into this 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 news release and leak of him running off with this girl and this was his first love. He, you know, is he cheating on the crown princess with this girl? And we even see this in you know play out in the school setting where again the best part of this drama is Chae Young's friends because they <laughs> they run up on Hyorin and school and they're like how dare you he is a married man get off of him and like literally I mean trying to fight her and Che Gyeong being the, the sweetheart that she is breaks them up but she does pull Hyorin to the side and she like you know questions her like what are you thinking like why would you do that like were you just like you know what was that about were you just hanging out as friends and Hyorin's like no like I I know him better than you ever will. That's mine. And I don't know what else to tell you. And the, the school is listening to all of this, of course, because again, I like I do like that they were very good about using different settings in this drama, which I think is not... Anyway, that's not the point. But I thought that was really interesting because I feel like sets and settings are not as prominent as they were back then. Like, you know what I mean? Like we got the palace, like that was the set. Like we were in the palace and then we got the school. We were in the school. There was not much else outside of the drama that we really got to see. And I just was like, hmm, this isn't how it is these days. But anyway, so we get to see the story in the middle of the drama play out with the news, literally being involved in this as far as putting out articles. And Yul and his mother went back into the palace, specifically Yul's mother. She wants back into the palace. She wants her son to be the crown prince to then become the king. She believes that that's her, their right because technically he was the crown prince first. So in Yul's mind, he's like, yeah, I was the crown prince first. So technically I'm the one who's supposed to be married to Chae Young right now. Because again, he has feelings for her. And so he starts to take on some of his mother's plotting because he's thinking that's going to get him 
to Che Young. And then his mother starts to take sight of everything. She's like, okay, so we have this ballerina girl who may be someone I can use. I have my son is someone I can use. We have this crown princess who is kind of silly and wacky. We got her I can use. So everybody starts to play into the Yule's mother's plan as far as like how she's going to get her son to be the crown prince, thus be the king. So that's really a big part of the plot in the middle of this story middle of this drama and I was just kind of like rolling my eyes <laughs> I really was because I was still waiting for that romance that I was telling you guys about I was still waiting for me to fall head over heels for Ishan and for Che Young's romance and it's still it's like not happening it's not happening because every time we would get like a little progress in their connection and their bonding all of a sudden something would come in and he would become like this total drug to her again and she would be completely hurt and and heartbroken and crying over it. And then she would get mean to him because she's like, how dare you? You're so selfish. And it was true. He was. And so it was like back and forth. It was back and forth. But there is a part in the, the middle of this drama where she where he's starting to feel like he does, he's he's recognizing feelings that he may have for her. And so he's battling with that. But he's doing a horrible job with it, I'm going to be honest. But Che Young, she has already started to develop feelings for him. She knows she feels for him more than she did when she got there, obviously. And she recognizes, which I thought was really nice, she recognizes that she had latched on to him so much and why she feels like she has felt so connected with him and why she feels like she likes him so much is because she just was lonely in the palace and that she needed someone. She's like, I needed someone. And she even says that she's like, she was over, she was willing to overlook his hauntiness and his kind of like jerkiness because she needed him. And I thought that was really sad. And again, Where's the romance? Where's the love story? If you have a character like Che Young, who is, again, sweetheart, lover to pieces, but like she's admitting that she's only really starting to force herself to like this guy is because she needed to. Like, I don't have anyone else in this palace. He's the only one that I can relate to. He's the only one that understands everything that's going on. Like, I'm latching on to him. While she's doing that, Ishan is kind of like going back and forth between, do I like her? Do I not like her? Hyorin's over there. I don't know. I don't know. And it's just annoying at this point in the drama. And I'm looking for the romance and it cannot be found. So, not not a fan not a fan and then like I said this whole storyline with Yul's mother being being horrible starts this real fight between our crown prince and Yul who were on good terms in the beginning of the drama tactically before they find out that they both are you know fighting over the same girl um, and fighting over the same position they were pretty okay in the beginning um, and so it was just so frustrating because this love triangle that starts to form between Yul, Yishun, and Cheng Young, it's frustrating because Yul has been upfront with Cheng Young at this point. He has told her, hey, I like you. I have feelings for you. And she immediately rejects him. She's like, absolutely not. I'm the crown princess. I already told you I have feelings for the crown prince. Like, don't even, like, please don't even go there. And she gets awkward around him 
who again was one of her closest friends and someone she really relied on. And now all of a sudden she has to kind of pull back because she's like, dude, I don't, I can't, no, I don't like you like that. And you liking me is just gonna make all of this horrible because you're not the crown prince. You know, Yishin is. So it's just like this whole thing and that fighting is going on. And then you have the queen mother who is <laughs> the, the crown prince's grandmother over there pushing them to have children. And so like it's having, you know, setting up a stage for them to have another night together so that she can get grandchildren. I mean, great grandchildren from them. And I'm just like, lady, this is not the time. <laughs> This is not the time. They barely like each other and you're trying to get them to have children for you. It's not happening. Let it go. You know, so things like this was happening and it should be fun. It should be cute. And it was like some of the moments, these are like funny moments technically, but for the grand story and like the grand development of their relationship, it was just like, this isn't helping anything. It was just like moments that were cute, right? That's all it really was. Um, but yeah, so then the 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 triangle love triangle really takes effect because Ishin is recognizing that Yule is like I'm ready to fight for her. Like, what do I need to do? You don't, you barely like her. I will step up. I will take the crown position and I will take her with me. You know, like he's at that point, and that's only, of course, when our crown prince is like, oh my gosh, I must like her. I must have feelings for her because I don't want him to have her kind of thing. And it's like I don't believe it. I don't believe it by this point. I don't believe it. Um, and then while those three are fighting among themselves, you have Hildren who gets officially rejected by the crown prince. And he's like, girl, I let it go. We're not going to be together anymore. It's just, it is what it is. We we were good friends. It was a great run. But I now officially like Chae Young. It's, it's me and her against the world. And Hildren, unfortunately, she... Uh, attempts suicide. It's an actual suicide attempt. And it just like was, I mean, it came out of nowhere. I'm going to be honest. Um, She didn't take, I didn't take it. She would be that one to do something like that. But she does this and at the school, in the bathroom, like she takes pills. And it's so like, it's jarring in the middle of this cutesy kind of like drama that we've been having for a little while. And so I was like, oh my goodness. I, and I remembered this. I did remember her doing that, but I just was just like, it took me back again when I saw this. And then you get to find out more about her character and that this way that everyone viewed her was wrong. She's not this wealthy, rich girl who fits in with the crown prince and his his rich friends. It's the fact that she's sponsored. You know, she has someone who believes in her talent as a ballerina. And so that's the person who's paying for her to go to that school and paying for everything that she's doing, you know. And, and we don't know that throughout half most you know half of this drama we only found out after this this attempt and it was it was it was jarring it was jarring um but again this is while those other three were already fighting then she comes in and like completely shakes them up um and Chick Young really takes a hit to this it, it, this really affects her because she feels like it's really her fault that this has happened and it's again the way they do our female lead characters back in the day they make them like so like everyone loves them well as far as me I adore her she's great she's wonderful she's adorable and then they find some way to like just make her pitiful you know as far as like everyone starts to like kick her while she's down even though she's such a great girl such a sweet girl such a fun girl to be around and yet she's getting more and more unlike herself 
being in this this lifestyle because it's just it because it just takes a lot out of her. And then with children's attempt, it just is like, oh my gosh, the wind gets knocked out of her for sure. She really feels at at fault for it. Again, not her fault, but she feels it. And then you have the crown prince, of course, you know, visiting her and he still say, st- states his piece. Like, it's not going to happen. It is what it is. I feel how I feel now. And she's just like, I think she even quotes like Romeo and Juliet and she's like compares herself to Rosalina, which is so funny. Like throughout this entire drama, there were so many references to like novels and plays and, and other movies and stuff and like the real, actual royal family. <laughs> And Britain, and I thought that was actually f- interesting that there were so many of those references. I don't, and I wonder how much of that was from the the drama or from the actual, you know, the the actual manhwa. But anyway, I just thought, thought that was interesting because she even compares herself to like the first love of Romeo, and she even like I think says a line from <laughs> Romeo and Juliet to him like, "How can your love change so quickly?" You know, like, and he's like, doesn't even you know, give her an answer. He kind of just like walks off on her. And it was like, really, you know, I was, I felt for Hyorin by this point. But then this opens the door for Yul's mother, who again is trying her best to dethrone the crown prince and put her son there. So she uses, starts to use children after her attempt. Like literally this girl is just survived this and she starts to use her as a tool to kind of like, um, you know, keep um, this 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 storyline going with like oh the crown prince is really cheating on the 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 princess with this girl you know she keeps trying to use her for that again ugly very annoying and ugly but then you know rounding up going into like I said mind you twenty four episodes and we're right around like episode twenty now and where is the love where is the romance between our our prince and our princess still no nowhere really to be found like i think this part it's where yul has a birthday party and he invites everybody from school you know all the friends from school and when there's this whole situation where he basically is trying to proclaim his pro, proclaim his love to her during this party um, chae young during this party and the crown prince sees this and he's like, oh, wonderful, just great. You, that, you're always mean to me, but you you do whatever, you know, you're so nice to him and da, 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 da. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like, she literally tells him like, you're, I'm only this way because you're that way to me. So again, this is episode like 19, guys. <laughs> We're like getting this, you know? And it's like, they really, where's the love? And he's all mad at her and he's jealous of the her relationship with Yul. And she's just like, I don't care. Like, you know, she's, going back and forth with him and he you know and he tries to kiss her like he forces himself on her in a way and she slaps him and he's like I'm trying to remind you who your husband is I mean he says this to her like this is an actual line in this drama like this I kissed you to remind you who your husband is and it was really gross because to me again this drama was referencing a lot of different other things and I think this was a reference to Gone with the Wind because earlier in that episode she says a quote and he's like hey that's a line from Gone with the Wind you know and then this point at the end of this 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 episode where he tries to kiss her and she slaps him is reminiscent to a scene in Gone with the Wind as you know with her the woman in her you know I forgot her name with um 
the situation with the main female lead and her husband. And he like drunkenly forces himself on her or whatever. And I just thought that was interesting that they chose to use that reference for this drama. Um, didn't doesn't make sense to me, but I guess I guess I guess they thought it would. But didn't like it. Didn't like it. So then we get to episode 20 and we're like these last episodes were torturous. I'm going to be honest, they were because it was all about Yul's mother trying to bring down Crown Prince Yishun. And it was also about Yishun being super jealous of Yul. So he is really mistreating Young. And then the final two episodes, we finally get them like recognizing like, I do love you. I love you. Let, I, let's stand up for each other. Let's support each other. But... They have to separate. She has to go abroad because by this point, if you can imagine, the the royal family doesn't look too good to the public by this point. There's been so many, um, you know, scandals in and out of the palace. And so the royal family is getting, the monarchy is getting to the point where the people are starting to think we don't need them. And so to save face, they start to like, you know, basically cut things out. You know, like, you know what? We're going to send the crown princess away, give her some time somewhere else, and then we'll bring her back when everyone's cooled down, you know. So they literally send her off. And this moment of her going away with her and the, the prince, it's a moment of them realizing how much they really love and care for each other suddenly. Um, and and so in doing so, he's like, I don't want you to leave. Please don't leave me. Don't leave me. And she's like, I want to leave. I want this for myself. I want to go study abroad. I want to have a life outside of the palace. Please let me go. And but yet, you know, I'm still yours. But he's like, I'm still married to you. Like we're still together kind of thing. And so this is, again, only the final two episodes. And then the final episode, we get to see her living in Spain studying and going to school, you know, doing her thing in Spain. She's with her um, kind of right-hand woman who was with her in the palace. And then we get to see that she is visited by Ishan and the grandmother or the queen mother. They come to visit her in Spain and the queen mother tells him like, you need to like propose to her like for real, like officially and let her know like you really want to be with her like outside of the palace, outside of you being the prince, like you guys will Really want to be together and so he like proposes to her and then they marry in Spain <laughs> I guess they have a little ceremony in Spain and then like the next couple minutes after the the, the marriage she starts to give the the you know k-drama sign that she might be pregnant by her you know you know holding her mouth acting as if she's going to gag like she's gagging and she's going to throw up and then all of a sudden <gasps> Everyone's happy because she might be pregnant. And then the, the drama ends. And then the drama ends. So if you cannot tell by me going over my thoughts on this drama, I don't, I did not remember it um, correctly. My experience of watching this drama. Maybe I know, you know what? That's not true. Like maybe my experience of watching the drama then, which is almost like, you know, just 20 years ago, like, I was young, okay? So to me, it was probably just right. It was just right for me. Um, But me, obviously, in my big age now, I'm like, what? What? (laughs) What was that? I really remembered that drama for, like, iconic moments more than I remembered from, like, the actual story and the substance of it. And I remembered them being a couple that I really enjoyed, that I really liked, and I really was rooting for. 
But I just wasn't that way this second time around. Like I could not find the romance or the love story at all appealing. Even in the very end, I was like, they're just now giving us something. It was so, it was so frustrating. Um, I'm going to be honest, it was really frustrating. But as I am doing with these Throwing It Back episodes, I want to now go into my favorite parts of the drama, my least favorite parts of the drama, if you haven't already, you know, can tell. Um, And then I want to know, would I recommend this drama to others at this point in 2024? And did I like this drama enough to see its merit? Is there merit still in this drama from 2006? Is it something that people can get from it watching it in 2024? So my favorite parts of this drama, I love the setup. Like I said, I originally was like, um, you know, with the whole thing, like she was forced to marry this guy, that the stranger, you know, all of that's fine. I like the fish out of the water, uh, her having to come into this palace life and like get adjusted and, and figure things out. I also like the Sundari c- character usually, um, but he was Sundari to like the 10th degree. Like he did not let up until like the last two episodes. So there's that. Um, and then I love the Chae Young character. I really adored her. I mean, it could be my absolute love for Yoon Eun Hae, um, but I, I absolutely love her character. I think she was so much fun and she gave back as good as she got. Like she was not a whiner, like a wimp, like she would, easily like I said slap someone (laughs) she stood up for herself she confronted people when she needed to confront people like she was she held her own and I loved that about her character so she's all around a very cool character and I think that is one of the best parts of this drama and then her friends her three friends they were ride or dies they were ride or dies when I tell you their scenes with her were some of my absolute favorite they were so cute with her they were so cute together they were so funny they were real genuine friends. So I really just loved that whole like setup. And you get a lot of it. A good thing about 24 episodes, you get a lot of time to really develop characters and their relationships. And they did. So I didn't feel like gypped out of my love, my experience with the best friends. Like they were great. Um, and then I have to say that there are genuine, cute, memorable moments and scenes from this drama that will, I believe, make you always remember the drama for that. Like, I think that's what I remember most about this drama are those moments that I really thought were cute and fun and adorable. I couldn't remember all the other things, (laughs) obviously, about the drama, but I remembered those moments. And to me, you know, back then and like as years passed, like that was enough for me to like be like, oh yeah, Princess Hours and think fondly on it. Now rewatching it, however, like that wasn't the entire experience. Those cute, memorable moments and scenes of this drama is not the entire drama. Yes, they're sprinkled throughout, but it's not your entire experience watching this drama. So it wasn't as entertaining as I remember it. I really, it wasn't as entertaining as I thought. Um, And I think this is not a good drama for like a marathon watch. It just, it felt like it would be better if you were watching it weekly, right? When they were dropping the episodes fresh, like I could tell that it was a good time. Um, But sitting and watching all 24 episodes, like, mm, mm -mm. it didn't feel as entertaining as I thought it was going to. So my least favorite parts of the drama, obviously, is this romance that wasn't there at all, as much as I remembered it 
and it, it's just annoying that I really thought there was something there that wasn't there. Um, and I would say the drama feels really dated. It feels so dated. Like it feels like it's supposed to be in 2006. And you, if you take it out of 2006, people would be like, what is this? Um, so that was, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I think a lot of older dramas, I can watch them to this day and they don't have that feeling, but this one was of its time. And I think it had to be of its time because it was dealing with teenagers and like teenage jokes and teenage scenes and what was happening with the teenagers and what was cool then. And because of that, it stayed there. Like that is just not stuff that's cute and cool these days. Um, And so I think that was the problem with this one. It was just too um, in its time. So it feels it. It feels dated as a rewatch. So would I recommend this drama um, for someone who's never watched it before to watch it in 2024? I'm going to be honest. No, no. And I'm going to say no, mostly because there has been so many other dramas since then that have the same kind of like young teenage high school feel that has cute moments and, you know, cute, cute setup and uh, actual adorable like romance (laughs) and, you know, and drama and tension and angst done so much better. Like, sorry, I know that's going to be like taboo to say about Princess Hours, which is one of the dramas of how you wave. Like it is one of the dramas, but for me, it stays in 2006 like it only works for me in 2006 um for me at least 2007 but like it stays there the rewatch in 2024 did not it did not live up it it did not hold up for me at all um so I would not recommend it because I know there's other dramas I would highly recommend that would give you what this drama gives you um but just not as you know outdated (laughs) I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry so did I like this drama and is there merit to actually going back and watching this drama so did I like this drama (sighs) to be honest I don't think I really enjoyed it I'm gonna the second time around after all these years I didn't really enjoy it. I felt like a lot of the the drama dragged um, because again, 24. So this is the thing I wanted to mention. 24 episodes, something that I, from my initial thoughts going into this was like, oh, beautiful, perfect. Finally, show them how it's done. You got a manhwa that has all these years in it. You're, all these years been been written, all this story. You got 24 episodes. Do, do wonders. You got this. And now I see where the fault is. It's like when you have that many episodes, obviously, you do give a lot of attention to a lot of other things and you don't hone in and you don't focus in. And I feel like, like I was saying, like there were episodes that covered one plot point. Like, I mean, multiple episodes, like the whole thing with him being in Thailand and like children and all that was multiple episodes. And I'm like, that did not need to be multiple episodes, but it was, you know? And so things like that, I started to notice like this did not need to be 24 episodes. Could it have been a 16 episode drama? Absolutely. Those extra episodes were completely, you can tell where they were putting extra where that didn't need to be extra. Um, so 
there is a fine line. As much as I like to think you got to give a story time, you got to give, you know, a drama time to tell the story, you do. But there's there's a fine line where you can you can tell too much of the story and you need to get back to in focus. So definitely a weak point for me. And so it left me not enjoying the drama like I wanted to. Now, is there any merit in going back and rewatching this drama or watching this drama for the first time? Maybe, maybe if you want this kind of time capsule of a a K-drama. I think it's a great time capsule. Like if you want to go back to a time, um, this is a good drama for that. It will it will teleport you back to that time. The clothing, the the sayings that they're saying, the way that they're acting, like all of it is of its time. And I have to say, even by 20, no, sorry, even by 2007, when we were getting things like the coffee prints, like you were, you know, it was already, we were, we had made strides. We had already made strides from 2006. So it was just interesting that that was, you know, like I said, it seems like it was of its time. And there's so many memorable moments from this drama that I think are kind of iconic, you know, and I still think fondly of those iconic moments, but for it to be an entire drama is not as iconic as I think I remembered it to be. So yeah, there, there may be merit there if you want to have that experience of a time in K-drama history of how they were doing, like I said, the acting for sure. Like some of that stuff is just like, even like even some of the edits, um, the direct, like there's so much that is just 2006, man. And I don't know if, you know, like I said, we were already making moves from that by the time we were getting to 2007. So it's interesting. It's interesting. If you want to go back to that, I think it'd be nice to go back to that for that reason. But that's all. That's really all. That's really all. I mean, to be honest, I mean, and honestly, the performances were not like through the roof amazing. Like the, no, not, I mean, I would say that Song Ji-ho as Hyoren was actually one of my favorite performances, to be honest. Um, I think she did a really good job of this like subtle, like, like annoyance and kind of like this, this, this troubledness that I think was hard to, to come across, but she did a really good job of letting it shine. And so I got to give Song Ji-ho like as far as performance. And then Yoon Eun-hae as our, you know, Chae Young, who was the character that I enjoyed the most. You know, it was very Yoon Eun Hae. I'm going to be honest, like it is definitely one of the things that stood, you know, made her stand out during that time um, for as far as her acting goes. So like it was very familiar. So it didn't feel like it was the best performance she's ever given, but she definitely did well as this character. And um, Ji Hoon, I think this is one of the, the one of his worst performances, to be honest, what I've seen. I'm not trying to even hold you. I'm sorry. I was like, actually, we have a problem here, you know? So uh, I don't know. I don't know. There was, there was things there that I just was like, I don't remember this. And man, this Throwing It Back season is going to be um, a season. It, it made me wake up from like my little... Um, I think my my little safe spot that I felt in when I was watching what happened in Bali as far as like, oh my gosh, I'm going back and I'm finding out 
my roots in K-drama and like what it means to be good K-drama again. Like I was really getting into it, into it. And then this one kind of just shook me a little bit. Was like, wait a second now, everything you go back to is not going to be rainbows and sunshine. And I like that. I was like, this is what I wanted though. Like I wanted to experience these dramas of this, of that time and see and really revisit and, and make a decision on them in 2024 at like like I said my big age like what is really happening what is really going on and is there a is there a reason to ever tell people to go back and watch some of these dramas you know what I mean like some of them may need to just stay where they were and if you watch them then you watch them then and you can move on and never you never think about them again or if you never watched it you didn't miss anything you know I'm kind of wanting to figure that out and I think what's going to be really cool once I finish this season is to look back and see what actors make a repeat like appearance in these episodes because I feel like that's going to be really a telltale of like who I was drawn to whose performances I love the most where I can't help but like I gotta watch this drama I gotta watch this drama with them again so I'm gonna be taking a tally of like who comes back around multiple times um I, I will say it won't be you. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. That's not a dig. I love her. I want her to come back so much. But anyway, so that's it, guys. That is this episode. Me throwing it back to 2006's Gong or Princess Hours. And I, I think... You know, I've said all I can say. I think I've said all I can say. Did you guys watch this drama back in the day? Have you guys watched this drama? Would you want to watch this drama? Let me know if you haven't. Um, But that is it. That is all for this episode. I want to thank you all so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's off.